from NBC5 and the Dallas Morning News, this is the Lone Star Politics Podcast. I'm Chris Blake. COVID-19 continues to surge in the U.S. as President Joe Biden announces a federal vaccine plan. The Texas legislature is set to convene yet again for a third special session. And 20 years after 9-11, we look back on a day that changed the nation. Julie Fine and Meredith Land are joined by McKinney Mayor George Fuller and the Dallas Morning News Austin Bureau Chief Bob Garrett this week. Plus, Julie has the story of a Texas state senator who was working at the Pentagon on September 11, 2001. Gromer Jeffers has the week off. Before we get started, please rate, review, and subscribe to the Lone Star Politics Podcast. It helps us grow the show and helps others find it. President Joe Biden on Thursday announced new COVID-19 vaccine requirements that will impact tens of millions of Americans in an effort to slow the spread of the virus. The plan requires employers with more than 100 employees to mandate the vaccine or test weekly for COVID-19. Workers at health facilities that receive federal funding will also have to be vaccinated. Biden is also requiring vaccination for employees of the executive branch and contractors who do business with the federal government with no option to test out. More than 200 million Americans have received at least one dose of the vaccine. In Texas, the state has set up antibody infusion centers to help fight the virus. One of those sites is in McKinney, where Mayor George Fuller was re-elected in May. Here he is with Julian Meredith. Joining us this morning, McKinney Mayor George Fuller. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Let's begin with the new antibody infusion center in McKinney, which is designed to help those battling COVID. Are citizens using it, and are you finding it helpful? You know, they are using it, and uh, it's a partnership effort, of course, with the state, um, Collin College County, and it uh, provides Regeneron um, monoclonal antibodies that treat, um, you know, patients, uh, outpatients, and uh, you have to be referred by a doctor, of course, but... Um, it's at no cost, so it's a, it's a, a treatment that uh, is certainly showing great results and um, and available to everybody at no cost. So I encourage people, you know, utilize it. It's right here in McKinney at Collin College. All right, Mayor, I, I want to back up a little bit. Last year in June of 2020, you made the decision to issue a mask mandate for businesses, and right now there are no mask mandates in Collin County. What are you hearing from parents, and and what do you think is the best way to move forward? You know, I, I hear got such a such a diverse um, voice from uh, from constituents, right? I mean, I, I can I open up my email every day, and it's either an absolute demand that uh, no mandates are put in place. We resist any and everything of any kind, uh, and then at the you know my next email is um, just uh, disregard the governor's uh, executive order and and put a mask mandate in you know immediately. So. There's there's just such a varied uh, response and belief out there as to um, what is appropriate, what's not. You know, uh, we still fight with the um, with the with the fight about science and and uh, and all the political partisanship of it all, and so wide wide array of uh, of opinions. And, and I wish that there there was some continuity, but it's it's just all over the board. Mayor, you've been very open with your family battling COVID, the loss of close friends, as you push for more vaccines in Collin County during the rollout. Now vaccines or weekly tested will be required for businesses with more than 100 people and for many federal workers. Your reaction to that decision from the president? You know, I, boy, that's such a, it's a, a tough one, but I will say this, that I'm, I'm always going to error right now on the side of anything that helps uh, maintain the health of our country and, 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 
physical health first and foremost, but also our, our financial and economic health. And, uh, and right now in Texas, as you know, we're seeing a huge surge. We're, we're, we're seeing the same number of cases that we were in December of last year. Um, we reached uh, over 1,000 a day. Um, Collin County, we've got hospitalizations. Thankfully, we're seeing a little bit of a trend you know, down right now. Um, but me, you know, yeah, I, I've lost friends. We lost a, a wonderful, um, one of our, our, our greatest assets in the city of McKinney, our chief building official. Uh, Rick Herzberger um, died of COVID this past, uh, well, it was just, just a while ago. Um, and so, you know, I, I've, I've been hit hard. I've seen it with, uh, I've seen it very intimately, very personally. So mm. what, do I, what do I think? I think that, you know, I'm always gonna wanna, I, I hope and I implore people to err on the side of safety and, uh, and science has for some reason gotten a bad name. I think it's been politicized and, uh, and boy, I wish, we, I wish we as a country would get back to thinking about how we can work together and, and be constructive and productive and, and, uh, and be concerned about one another. Mayor, the Texas legislature will tackle spending federal COVID relief money during the next special session. What do you need for your city? Give, give me that. I'm, 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 you cut out at the very middle of the question. Yeah, on, um, talking about the Texas legislature and spending and federal dollars, what does McKinney need from that special session? You know, um, boy, in the special session, we uh, what we need up here is is, is infrastructure dollars. Um, if you're talking about just in general, what we need as a community. If you're talking about um, on on the health issue and the COVID issue, um, you know, I think I think McKinney right now and Collin County as a whole uh, is is a, as equipped as anybody. Of course, as I say that, you know, again, we're talking about a state that's seen such a rise in cases, but as a community in North Texas in general and Collin County, um, our, our real need moving forward out of all of this is infrastructure dollars and, and real emphasis on, on, um, on our, our roads and our mobility. And that's, that's where we are as a, as a county. We're growing so fast, one of the fastest growing counties in the country, yet we are so woefully behind on, uh, on infrastructure in, in, uh, in our roadway systems. And also addressing that, the legislature is expected to um, distribute those COVID relief federal funds. What do you need from, what do you need for McKinney from the legislature? On the uh, COVID relief funds, you know, we, we've certainly spent a lot of money um, over the last year and a half. There's, uh, those relief funds are going to allow us um, to spend on one recouping funds that we spent as a, as a city. Um, but it also, again, allows us, believe it or not, to put monies into certain types of infrastructure. Um, I'm not talking roads now or anything like that. I'm talking about um, uh, uh, fiber infrastructure and other types of infrastructure. So there's some, some pretty uh, broad uh, ways that, uh, that our community can use the, the monies. Um, for us, it, it's going to be more in that infrastructure side. Um, you know, we've, again, fared very, very well as a community um, through COVID uh, as far as sales tax dollars and, and revenues and, and uh, business development. We actually, um, we actually did better than maybe, maybe any other city in this area. McKinney Mayor George Fuller, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Turning to Austin now, where lawmakers will soon gather for another special legislative session, this one to address redistricting. The matter requires a special session because of delays in census data due to the pandemic. Growth in the state will give Texas two new seats in the U.S. House of Representatives. Last time the districts were redrawn in 2010, judges sided with Democrats who challenged the maps, saying they favored Republicans. 
but redistricting isn't the only item on Governor Greg Abbott's agenda for the session. Other items include appropriating funds from the American Rescue Plan Act, legislation regarding vaccine mandates, and a bill that would require public school athletes in Texas to compete in sports that align with the sex designated on their birth certificate rather than with their gender identity. To break down the special session ahead, here's Julian Meredith with the Dallas Morning News Austin Bureau Chief, Bob Garrett. Joining us this morning, Dallas Morning News Austin Bureau Chief, Bob Garrett. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me, Julie. Bob, let's start with that next special session, redistricting, which we saw the last time around was very divisive, again, with the courts eventually deciding those districts. Do you think it goes smoother this time? Not really. Uh, there's two reasons I say that. One is called Shelby versus Holder, Julie, and that's where the U.S. Supreme Court in 2013, which was after we last did redistricting, got rid of a feature of the Voting Rights Act that made Texas and eight other states submit all changes on elections to the Justice Department for what was called pre-clearance to make sure they weren't uh, affecting minorities adversely. And the other reason I don't think it's going to go smoothly is that Republicans are feeling their oats in Austin and at the legislature. They won that big election in 2020, held on to their majorities, and they really uh, want to preserve their majorities and lock it in for the next decade. There are actually five items on the agenda, including allocating federal relief money for COVID. Do you envision bipartisan agreement on that? Yes, I think the, the federal relief money, both sides really want to get that money out. There might be some disagreements. We're still learning details of how the state plans to spend that, but that's the one area on the agenda I think there will be bipartisan agreement. There's been a lot of national attention on the state's new law regarding abortion, including a lawsuit by the Justice Department. Now, the law bans abortion in most cases after cardiac activity is detected. That can be as early as six weeks and allows private citizens to sue anyone who helps someone get an abortion. What do you think happens moving forward with this? It is a very confusing situation, Julie. There's a dozen requests in state courts for temporary restraining orders against uh, Texas right to life, basically, which was trying to gin up a lot of these civilian lawsuits. You know, the unique feature of this Texas fetal heartbeat law is that citizens can sue. The state is not enforcing it. And so that's making it hard for abortion rights advocates to get this case before judges to say, hey, this completely violates Roe v. Wade, which, as you know, allowed a woman to end a pregnancy pretty much through the first trimester. Got to ask you, most Democrats fled the first special session over a voting bill. As you know, enough returned uh, during that second uh, for a quorum. Moving forward, can the two parties work together despite the tension this summer, you think? Well, Meredith, I think portions of the two parties will work together. On, uh, there will be Democrats in the redistricting process who uh, work together to try to get the best district they can. Some of them came back from Washington or their quorum break uh, because of nervousness that they would not fare well in redistricting. Uh, for the most part, though, there's some uh, there's some partisan anger and, and bitterness that lingers, and I think we'll see that play out for uh, some time to come. 
A recent poll shows Governor Abbott at his lowest approval rating. He does have conservative challengers, but also a massive war chest. What's the big picture for Governor Abbott moving forward, who got a lot of national attention this week? He sure has gotten a lot of attention, especially for that comment about uh, rape victims who get pregnant and what would happen to them under the new law. He is looking uh, very strong to emerge from his Republican primary against Don Huffines and Alan West. One question lingers is whether his veer to the right this year will hurt him with suburban swing voters uh, in November of 2022. And we'll just have to see how that plays out. Bob Garrett, Dallas Morning News, Austin Bureau Chief. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. The third special session starts on September 20th. 20 years after September 11, 2001, Julie has the story of a Texas state senator who was in the Pentagon that day. Brian Birdwell is a Republican from Granbury who represents the state's 22nd Senate District. He talks to Julie about his experience. I'm about five to seven yards behind that window. It's hard to imagine enduring what State Senator Brian Birdwell did. And that's where the plane hit. So and coming out on the other side, literally, 20 years ago on September 11th. There are daily reminders in my range of motion limitations or other things of, of the injuries from that day. But then there's the things that are, that make it seem like a lifetime ago. Um, as you see, you know, it's only been 20 years. Um, but that's, I've got staff members that were in, in diapers on September 11th. Senator Birdwell witnessed the beginnings of the attacks like most Americans, watching horrifying images of the Twin Towers on a TV screen. Unlike most people, he was huddled in a Pentagon office with colleagues, praying with no idea what was coming next. I told Sandy and Cheryl I was going to step out, go to the men's restroom. Those were the last words that I would speak to my two co-workers. The trip to the bathroom saved his life, one he would soon be fighting for. When I come out of the men's restroom, I'm coming back to the E-ring hallway, and I'm about to turn right back into that hallway to go to my office. I'm about 15 to 20 yards from the nose of that aircraft when it makes impact with the the building at 530 miles an hour with uh, 3,000 gallons of gas. And then there's the, the explosion, the vacuum, the concussion. I am tossed around like a rag doll. I go from a well-lit hallway in charge of my faculties into an earthly hell of fire, the smoke and the temperature of, of, of that hallway. And then I'm, I'm set ablaze and I'm burning. Burned over 60% of his body, most third degree burns. I, Collapsed to the floor, I'd given up, I did what we in the military never trained to do. I, I quit, surrendered, um, acknowledged that I was going to join the Lord in eternity, and then collapsed to the floor and waited to die. But he found the strength to get up and saw four others who got him to a makeshift triage unit. What followed was agony, 39 surgeries over the next four years, after a month in the ICU. There were those moments in ICU I pleaded not just from the pain thresholds that I was experiencing, but watching the emotional agony of my wife and my son, that I pleaded for the Lord to finish what the terrorists had started. But in his wisdom and his sovereignty, he decided that, no, Brian, I'm not done with you. 20 years later, Senator Birdwell remains devoted to his faith, 
family and country. As we're taping at this moment, the, the heaviness of my heart with what's happening in Afghanistan is, is on my mind. Um, but I also know that the Lord still sits on His throne. Our responsibility is, as, as believers is to pray for those in authority. So just as I ask the people of Senate District 22 to, to pray for me, it's our responsibility to pray for our president, pray for our leaders in the, at, at the national level, our state level, local level, be engaged in that public policy process. Because even with our challenges, this is still the best place on earth to be. Thanks to McKinney Mayor George Fuller, Bob Garrett, and State Senator Brian Birdwell for joining the show this week. Stay up to date with everything Texas politics at NBCDFW.com slash Lone Star Politics. We'll talk to you next week.